Okay, it is February 1st, <coughs> 2024, Thursday. Um, Nancy Hatcher has passed in the Lambert family. She's Nancy Lambert. So just comfort for their family and, um, and whatever the needs are. To, uh... Trey is his aunt. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Marcos, uh, he's down in Mexico. They're building a church. And he hopes his son will come to Christ salvation. Marta and Charles and the family. Gail, Janice, Ruby, our prayer team. President Trump and family. Sam Long, USMC. Children, grandchildren. Praying for Mike. Just for comfort and, and, and knowledge and um, the wisdom that the Lord would give him. Unsaved family members for Bob's and for all of us. People in Ukraine and the Middle East. Pray for our country. For Brother Earl and a fellow uh, Andrew homeless who you find somebody. <clears throat> there are more homeless people around here than there's ever been. I've noticed that too. Yeah. All veterans. <clears throat> situation in the Middle East. Ray, there's peace in the Middle East. That means when Jesus returns. Peace between uh, Russia and the UK. Lost loved ones. Answer prayer requests and family. Oh, I had Osman on there. Yes, Osman. We'll put him in. I don't know. I haven't heard from him. Children, grandchildren, and those who need their health protected. Let's uh, join hands. You can just kind of. Okay, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this time. We pray you teach us tonight. We praise you, Lord, for your sovereign power over all creation and the fact that you would be mindful of even us. Lord, I just ask you to teach us and to help us and put us in a place where we ought to be. Guide us, correct us, give us wisdom for this assembly here tonight. Thankful. Lord, we are. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Open to uh, Matthew 24. <clears throat> and we're going to compare this and then in Luke, Luke 17 and 21. We're all familiar with this. We may have heard this read way more than most of what else we hear from the Word of God. It's called the Olivet Discourse. He was on the Mount of Olives. Okay, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his <coughs> disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. 
And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So he's telling them there's a lot of stuff getting ready to happen. They're saying, Tell me, tell us about it. When? What shall this sign be? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now this has happened over the ages. That one fellow down there in South America somewhere got a huge following. They thought he was Jesus. He convinced them. He lied. And that'll continue. There'll be more imposters. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Well, haven't we seen wars and rumors of wars throughout the uh, millennium? He's saying, don't look at this war and think that that's it. He said, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And there have been throughout history. I think what he's wanting us to see here is you're going to see a lot of this stuff, but that's not it. Because verse 8 says, All these are the beginning of sorrows. Later translations say birth pains. And that's what that meant here in KJV. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now, many people read this and conclude, oh, this is the church. We're going right into the tribulation. We're going to be afflicted. We're going to be killed. We're going to have all this stuff happen to us. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So just until a day or two ago, you know, every time I read that verse, I was thinking, okay, and the missionaries, God will get them out there. He'll send the missionaries to wherever they need to be. You know, in the Amazon jungles, people, groups that we don't even know about, maybe. They find them occasionally, right? They're human beings. They're made in the image of God, right? So, but I'm thinking, okay. So you get these folks witnessed to. But then there's another group that pops up somewhere else in the world and they hadn't been tended to yet. And then there's another group. Well, we got to have time to get there. And while you're getting there, well, people are having more children or people are coming of age, of the age of accountability, if you believe in that. And I do with biblical evidence, but you die under a certain age. God's not holding you accountable for what uh, you should have known and didn't. Because you're too young. So I'm just thinking this would be a moving target. 
how could you get that done? Here's how you get it done. Go to Revelation. And it's in chapter 14. And y'all are going to know this. Alright, where are we here in Revelation 14? The seal judgments have already been revealed. And the trumpet judgments have already been revealed. And these are sequential. It gets worse and worse. Uh, some folks have thought, no, they all unfold at the same time. It doesn't seem like that. I'm not saying they're wrong, but it doesn't seem like that. Um... Beginning of 14, Revelation, and I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written in their foreheads. These are 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel we learned about in chapter 7 of Revelation. And they have a seal that protects them through this tribulation. But then he... Uh, the Lord, they see standing on Mount Zion and with him, 144,000. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144 which were redeemed from the earth. They appear to be taken right here. They're on top of Mount Zion. They see a lamb, which is Jesus Christ. I don't know for a fact they're taken. They're at least taught this song and maybe given an assignment, but it says uh, they were redeemed from the earth. Verse 4, these are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. I mean, are they there at the throne of God? It sounds like it. Verse 6, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Well, there's how you preach the gospel to the whole earth before the end comes. That's pretty clear if you ask me. And I've heard people say, well, now, if you miss the rapture and you go into the tribulation, that's going to be works-based. There's no grace there. What does gospel stand for? What does gospel mean? Good news. Good news. Well, why would this angel waste time preaching the good news if nobody could receive that. So you can still receive it. Now go back to Matthew 24. 
In verse 14, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness to all nations, and then shall the end come. And so it does. When you get to Revelation 16, well, these bold judgments or vile judgments as V-I-A-L, like I guess a little test tube, start getting poured out on the earth. And it gets really bad here. After the gospel has been preached around the world. Okay. Then all we've read in Matthew 24, right up to verse 14, is tribulation events. Seal judgments, trumpet judgments, and then the gospel of the kingdom be preached unto all the world for witness unto all nations. So there's that. So he starts out, when the Lord looks out across the multitude of humanity through the ages, and he wants a word that will speak to them all, then there are going to be people who are going to need this word. Like we are in the tribulation. Things, the wheels are coming off here. We are there. Now, we've talked about how Deuteronomy 24, verse 5, it says, um, <clears throat> these are all things that the Lord wrote, of course. And he's got a verse here, verse 5 of Deuteronomy 24. It says, when a man hath taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war. Neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year and shall cheer up his wife, which he has taken. Is that part of God's word? Is that a command? It is, isn't it? Right? Do you think Jesus, when he takes his bride, <clears throat> will keep that word or break that word? Well, he'll keep that word. But you know the only way he could keep that word is if we're dealing with a pre-trib rapture. You can't put that year in the middle and it does no good at the end. That's why I say after the rapture you got eight years instead of seven. I mean, that's possible, but I know that, okay, you go to, God, to, to Genesis, Leah, who represented the Gentiles, got her seven. You know, Laban the father said, you give Leah her seven. Remember, Jacob was deceived. And he thought he was taking Rachel after dark in his tent. <laughs> the scripture says, And behold, by morning time the sun comes out. Behold, it's Leah. He must have had a lot of wine at that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing about Leah is she had a lot more children than, than, than Rachel. Um, and Rachel represents the Jewish people. So this was all in God's will. But Leah got a seven. And then, and, and Jacob can't complain too much about being a deceiver because he did it himself, right? Against Esau. Yeah, deceiver. So what you sow, you do more than you sow, later than you sow, as yes. they say. So, um, 
But but then Rachel gets her seven. So these are two different brides. The Gentile bride, Leah, the Jewish bride, Rachel, gets a Leah gets seven. And it's seven days. But day for a year. You're going to see day for a year mentioned in Numbers. You're going to see it mentioned uh, in Ezekiel. A day for a year. Rachel was seven years. Lydia was... uh, uh, Leah? Leah was seven days. Well, they get their sevens. Mm. They both mean, could mean a week, a year. Or there's a year... Seven years, yeah. A week of years and... I think somebody's pointing out there's also like a week of months <coughs> in places. That means sevens. So God doesn't monkey around. You know, Leah got her seven. Rachel got her seven. Does Jesus, the bride of Christ, get what a three and a half? <laughs> right? Don't think so. Short change, right? So but now that year where He's tasked with no duties of any kind, and he does not go to war. He spends a year cheering up his bride. That's got to come at the beginning. He can't come anywhere else. It has to come at the beginning of that seven years. Wouldn't work anywhere else. Now I'm going to go to war, and we'll do all this stuff, and y'all just sit tight, and then I'll come cheer you up. That isn't how the command in Deuteronomy was. You're taking a new wife. You do it that way. You take that year off to begin with. So, this gospel preached to all the world. Okay, we see where that happens in Revelation 14, which shows you that up to that point, which is coincidentally verse 14 of Matthew 24, um, you get up to that point, you've been hearing about tribulation events. And look what it says next in verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee unto the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days, nursing mothers. So there's going to be children here. And the tribulation. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. There's only one way that you can make any sense of that. Because what what is determined is, of course, determined. The timing of this is determined. It's set forth in the mind of God the Father. Well, let's pray in my flight won't be in the winter going to do for me or what's praying that my flight won't be on the sabbath as a michael youssef a minister i listen to he's egyptian i think or he was raised in egypt um he had gone to israel on a visit in his hotel room he was on one of the top floors and he gets in the elevator and there's some orthodox jewish fella or two there and he noticed that every button was lit up. So that elevator starts up one floor at a time, stops, opens the doors, closes the doors, and goes up to the next floor. And he's like laughing. He says, this is ridiculous. 
He said, I guess some kid got on here and just pushed all the buttons. He said they didn't say a word to him. He said they later found out that that was on the Sabbath. And in order not to work, see, pushing a button for the elevator, that must be work. So you can't work. So they rigged the elevator so that it does still go up and down, but you don't have to push a button, but you certainly have to wait in order to amount of time while it does all that. They probably have to get their elevator service a lot more often than most people. <clears throat> so no work on, on, on the Sabbath. So he says, pray that your flight won't be on the Sabbath. And, um, now, when God said that, he knew when it would be, right? God the Father knew then, and he knows now, when this flight's going to happen. And you know what? It's going to happen on a Sabbath, wouldn't it? Because he wouldn't say, pray that it won't, your flight won't be on the Sabbath. Well, how could you do that? You do that exactly. Say, Lord, I am praying, asking you that my flight out of Jerusalem, Judea, I don't want to leave on the Sabbath. I don't want to be having to go on the Sabbath. Well, you know, God came to Joseph when he and Mary were with, with Christ's child, with a Christ child, and said, you get up and you move. He showed a dream to Joseph. Move now. Don't wait for Herod to round up the Lord Jesus Christ. So they left really before anything happened. So if you're praying that I don't want to be fleeing in the wintertime, to me that would also say the Lord intends the wintertime flight, a flight that would be taking place in the colder months. Because why would he say pray that it won't happen then? So that you would be told to go ahead of time, that you would get the word to go ahead of time and get out of there. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody. Does it? He wouldn't tell you to pray that it wouldn't be on the Sabbath and it wouldn't be on the wintertime unless it was going to be on the Sabbath and on the wintertime. What a possibility of it. God knows exactly when it's going to be. So I, he, uh, I, would, I would infer from that. that I think Jesus knew He's, he, he was limited to a degree, he said. Of course, Jesus Christ is the body of God. You know, our bodies don't know everything. Our minds know. God the Father is the mind of God. The Holy Spirit is the, 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 the omnipresence of God, which permeates all creation, inside and out. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus said you are one with him. He is in you and that you are in him. Well, how could you be in him and him be in you? How could that be? The Holy Spirit unites because he is the omnipresence of God. Now, it says also that he emptied himself and became a servant. Emptied yeah. himself. Uh, evidently, he was in a process of <coughs> the revelation of God in his own life. Yeah, this is Father, a, a new... Is hard to understand. Mm -hmm. That's a new thing for... So Christ was the very first thing God did. He made a body for himself. It, it is said he is the first thing 
first of all creation. And then it says, you know, I was telling a guy on Twitter this this morning. No, it was yesterday's. You know, he says, where, where does it say, Jesus ever say he was God? And I said, you just, if you haven't seen that, you need to back up and punt. Mm-hmm. It's all over. Mm-hmm. He, Philip said, show us show us the Father. Jesus is John 14, and that'll be enough. That'll suffice. And Jesus said, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know? So... That's clear, and that's that's you know that everybody talks about the Trinity being a mystery. It's not. It said in the beginning, it said, "Let us." God said, "Let us make man in our image." Why do you say plural? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, if He's going to make us in His image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, then we should have, you know, something that correlates, something that, you know, maybe we would have a body and a soul and a spirit. But you wouldn't just assume that unless you had Bible for that, right? <clears throat> That's how cults get started, making up stuff that's not in the Bible. First Thessalonians 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, meaning completely. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, body. God's got a spirit, soul, body. We've got a spirit, soul, body. He's going to say, I'm going to tell you about the Trinity. It's like ice and water and vapor. That, that doesn't cut any ice. That's silly in a way. Oh, the Trinity, it's like an egg. You have the shell and then you have the white and you have the yolk. No, no. You have a body and you have a soul and you have a spirit. You know why you do? Because God had a body, a soul, and a spirit. If you're not born again, guess what part ain't living yet? Your spirit. Mm-hmm. So your consciousness, your mind, that can't die. It's not organic. People thought, well, the brain, that's the mind. No, it's not. The brain's an instrument that your mind uses, like you might use a computer or your smartphone. The brain's just an instrument that you can navigate this flesh and blood body through this realm of uh, our existence. <clears throat> so um, so here we are. The gospel has been preached in Revelation 14 and Matthew 24, 14. That's where it happens. And then the next thing, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of of the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, and then you flee. When does this happen? We know when this happens. Mid-trib. See, the Antichrist doesn't go into this temple, and they already have the temple. It's like modular. Uh, the fellow is a Mormon. The Mormons are very interested in Israel. <clears throat> they think the New Jerusalem is going to be in Independence, Missouri. They got that idea. The Joseph Smith thing, I guess. But... Uh, He, he wrote a great book. A couple of you here may have read it. I've loaned it out. It's called The Fantastic Victory, I believe. It's about the Six-Day War. And near the end of that book, um, of course, he wrote it like in the fall of 1967. So it was all very, very fresh. And um, he said they had begun to quarry stones out of a granite mine in Indiana to ship to Israel 
to have stand on standby to put the temple together. The temple implements are together. They've got a menorah. They found 3,000-year-old olive oil. They're going to light that menorah with. They have uh, the vestments for the priests. They have all that. Ready to go. Happen in a week or less. So that's the temple that this Antichrist is going to step into. And how does he desecrate it? Not with a pig like the foreshadowing did with Antiochus Epiphanes. He's going to do something worse. He's going to say he's God. And you will bow down and worship me. And then the Jewish people realize you're not God. And the trouble begins. Well, they've already had some problems up to this point, obviously. <clears throat> so that sacrifice some Jews at that time. Who knows what he might do. So <clears throat> then this flight that you can pray won't happen in the winter. I pray, Lord, I don't want to flee in the winter. And he might say that fall, pack your bags. Get out of here because it is going to happen in the winter. And to be honest, that would make sense with the rapture of the church taking place, in my view, at Tabernacles, the final of the seven feasts. The last three feasts of Leviticus have not been fulfilled. The first four were fulfilled on the very days that they celebrated them. And there's three not fulfilled. Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, the same thing, and then, um, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and then uh, Sukkot, which is uh, Tabernacles. And in Tabernacles, they would go away for seven days and make them a little booth or a little room, and they would hide themselves in there for seven days. All the things the Jewish people did was like a pantomime, like those uh, games you try to get somebody to say a certain word you can't talk you know if you want to like you you know like eating ice cream you might go like that and then do some gesture with your hands for ice or like shiver uh you know make somebody eating eating ice ice cream it it reminds you of that what they were doing they still do it they've got charades yeah Uh, that's good charades so um They've got little booths built out on their terraces on their high-rise apartment buildings in Israel. The Orthodox Jews do. When that feast comes, they I guess they get out and use the bathroom. They get right back in there for seven days. What are they doing? What's that a picture of? If that's not a picture of the rapture of the church, none exists. And that's going to happen... In my view, you guys know me, that's what I think, tabernacles. Now this is the, the fall feast are wrapped up. And now the church is gone and all hell breaks loose. Why don't you turn to uh, Micah? And I think that's... Right after Jonah... Chapter 7 of Micah. 
first part of Micah chapter 7, verse 1. He says, Woe is me, for I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits as the grape gleanings of the vintage. There is, there is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first ripe fruit. The good man is perished. Now that word perished, uh, the NIV said vanished. Uh, some translations say escaped. It means all that. Perished, escaped, vanished. Out of the earth. There is none upright among men. They all lie and wait for blood. They hunt every man, his brother, with a net. That they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh and the judge asketh for a reward. And the great man, he uttereth his mischievous desire, so they wrap it up. They make deals to, to do bad things. Well, the good man's gone from the earth. What translation you got, Bob? It's a living Bible. This one here says disappeared. The living Bible says the good man has disappeared from yeah. the earth. Yeah. And there you go. Now, when does this happen? Woe is me. For I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits as the grape gleanings of the vintage. When does that happen? Fall, September, October. That's when they bring in the grape harvest. And now he's saying there's not a cluster anywhere to eat, and I sold desired the first ripe fruit. So it's talking about a time that happens at the end of the grape harvest where the good man has vanished from the earth. Where'd he go? Can we see a fall rapture there that would line up with tabernacles? I hope you can. One of the problems that we can all have, and there's people with big platforms, big websites, big churches, building doctrine on about a handful of Bible verses. And when you show them something that knocks them off their high horse, they just jerk their head like a cur dog and say, how about them bears? Let's talk about football. That's human nature. We can all be that way. But we have to let the Lord teach us with his word. So all of this that's going on, there'll be great tribulation, it says. Verse 21, such as was, Matthew 24 again, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. What happens in the tribulation? It had never been that bad. Never had it been that bad. And it won't be that bad anymore after that time. I've heard people say, well, what makes you so special that you get to escape trouble and that you get to escape and, and leave the earth and not not have to go through all this turmoil the land's good water yeah <laughs> and and they said well you know people people groups all over you know had it really bad throughout time people are starving to death in places certainly in north korea starving so they say what makes you such hot stuff that you're going to escape when all these things so many people have gone through have been living hell 
there's a big difference between what happened in World War II, for instance, and what's going to happen in the tribulation. I'm going to read two verses from Revelation 6. Now, these have just been the seal judgments here. And just the seal judgments. Look what the effect of the, the first of the three judgment groups, the seal judgments. Um, look, at, look what the effect was in chapter 6, the last two verses. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. God the Father and the wrath of the Lamb. See, we weren't appointed to wrath. Now, there have been things that go on around this world throughout recorded history that are really bad. But when the wrath of him who sits on the throne and the Lamb is unfurled, unleashed, all that other stuff does not compare. It doesn't compare. And this, again, it happens after the seal judgments. The trumpet judgments haven't even been done yet. It is a place where you don't want to be. And thankfully, we won't be there. Do you know that nothing is mentioned about the church after the opening of Revelation chapter 4? Revelation chapter 4 starts with an interesting uh, little phrase. I bought a new Bible with bigger print. Some of them will start getting the pages up. It says, after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the voice, the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. It was like a trumpet, a horn. And he says, come up here. That, that door that was opened was opened in heaven. Yeah, John and his vision goes up there. That's what the church does. It goes up there. When? At the, at the, opening, of, um, at the opening of Revelation 4. Come up here. Okay, so Matthew 24, he continues to talk about the trouble of the tribulation. And the sun will be darkened. The moon shall not give her light. Verse 29. Then shall appear the Son of Man in heaven, and he shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. It's verse 30. Then he sends his angels out, the great sound of a trumpet, and they gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now this is the end of the tribulation when he comes. Interestingly, Jesus begins in verse 36 speaking of what will be the rapture. And when I first began studying the Bible and looking at that, I thought, well, that's kind of odd that they tell you all about the tribulation, how that was going to unfold, and what you better not do and what you better do. And then he talks about what seems certainly to be a rapture of the church. 
that too is what causes a lot of people to say, well, here's where the rapture is after all this other stuff. You can't make that case, though, because of Luke, Luke 17 and Luke 21, which I'll show you in a little bit. I don't want to drive on too long. It's how far we're in here. Oh, not too bad. 40 minutes in. Let me just pick it up at verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in a field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. If you're the spiritual leader of your home, your small family, your group of friends, Teach them these things. Let them know these things. Your house won't be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, some man cometh. Now there's a verse in Matthew 24, and um, it's verse 28, and you'll see that says, he's talked about all this tribulation events, terrible things, people fleeing, trying to get away. And then he says, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Eagles could be buzzards, but let me tell you, a bald eagle eat just as much flesh as a buzzard. I saw one going out to y'all's place in the creek, Ray, uh, over there, the head, a deer was down. And there's about eight or ten buzzards there. That, that bald eagle just walked right in like he owned the place and just started chowing down on that dead deer. They're not challenged, apparently. Uh, eagles, buzzards, whatever you want to call them, they're going to be picking carcasses. All right, let's go to Luke 17. Now, the order of verses. Why do we get all the way to verse 36 of Matthew 24? when he talks about a time when people will be marrying, giving in marriage and buying and selling and building, and they didn't even realize what was happening. They didn't even realize judgment had struck. Judgment strikes when? When God's favored ones are taken out of the way, taken away to safety, Noah and then Lot and his family. Uh, Luke does mention Lot and his family. Now, these guys, Matthew and Luke, they were witnesses of the things that Jesus said. Now, if you'll think about, you know, maybe you've had a conversation with somebody and it was a bit extended and then you come come visit your friend. And, well, okay, what'd you learn? Well, this and that and that and this. And then he said this and then she went so and so. And oh yeah, this over here, forgot to tell you. And, and it comes together in chunks. It might be streaming, but it's not in order. Luke is a bit more orderly. Luke is going to talk about the one taken and one left in Luke 17. He's not talking about the tribulation here. 
If you want to just scan through the first few verses of Luke 17, you'll see that. He's not talking about the tribulation. It's just a few uh, notes about Jesus' travels and things he did. And then it gets to um, verse 26. He just says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. They did not see it coming. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. If you read that account, the angels that came to, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, one of them said, you all need to go, pack up and get out of here because we cannot do anything until you're gone. They were under orders of God the Father to let Lot and his family leave and then we're going to destroy this city. Then he says in verse 30, even thus it shall be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed, in that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. <clears throat> and he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. She turned back. It says she turned to a pillar of salt. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. We see daylight and dark, nighttime and midday because of the difference of uh, hours around the planet. So when people are sleeping on one, one side of the planet, they're awake and working on the other side. One taken and one left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, there will the eagles be gathered together. In your um, living Bible, what does verse 37 say? Lord where will they be taken the disciples asked and Jesus replied where the body is the vultures the vultures gather body is correct the NIV says dead body there's a few other translations because see they're trying to tie that back to Matthew 24 verse uh, 28 and that's not the same, it's not talking about the same thing at all. This is the one taken, one left. Where? Well, where do the eagles or the buzzards, let's say, where do the buzzards gather before they have a big feast? Where do you Circling see them? Circling in the air. Circling up in the air. Now, you know, it says in the Proverbs, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search it out. 
So God does hide little things like that. And if you, if you pursue the truth of under, and understanding, then he'll show you. He'll show you. Um, body. The Greek there is soma. S-O-M-A. You've heard psychosomatic soma. Carcass in Matthew 24 and 28 is toma. P-T-O-M-A. That means dead body. That last verse of Luke 17 has tripped up many a Bible scholar because they really didn't look at the words. I heard one guy preach, you, want, you don't want to be the one, uh, you don't want to be the one taken. You want to be the one left. You don't want to be the one taken because they're being taken and fed to the buzzards. And I can see how you think that, right? Until you look at the Greek. Taken is paralambano. Paralambano. What does that mean? Well, it means embrace. It means to embrace. And he says in John 14 and 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you. Paralambano is the word there. I will receive you. Paralambano unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Now, folks, when Christ returns at the end of the tribulation, he sets up his throne in Jerusalem for the millennial kingdom. But he said in his father's house are many mansions, you know. He's going to prepare a place for us. Where that where he is, there will be also. So uh Luke twenty-one now is the Olivet Discourse. And you'll, you know, I won't read through the whole thing. My throat's drying out, to be honest. Um, he gets to it pretty quickly. In Luke 21, they start talking about the temple, marveling about the temple. They did that in Matthew 24. He tells them that one stone won't be left on another, just like in Matthew 24. And then they want to know what the signs are going to be. So he starts telling them about people claiming to be Christ and they're fraudulent. And the wars and the rumors of wars. And he said, don't be afraid. These things must come to pass. But the end is not on the by and by. That's the way it says it in Luke. Can you see this is the same... Luke is recording here the same thing Matthew did in 24. But Luke's already told you about the rapture verses before this stuff rolls out. Great earthquakes and all these things. And he's telling them, you're going to be taken and persecuted, delivered up to the synagogues. Now, if you find yourself a Christian and post-rapture, Israel, you're hurting. You're hurting enough now. They hate Christians. That's just how they are. Most of them do. You'll be put in prison, brought before kings and rulers. This is during the tribulation. He said, though it'll turn to you for a testimony, settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall answer. Where did Forrest go, Mark? I'm not sure. Okay. I'll give you a mouth of wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gain, save, or resist. You'll be betrayed by 
your parents and your brethren and your kin folks, it says, verse 16, and friends. How could they betray him when he don't have the mark? This fellow here, he's not worshiping the image of the beast. He doesn't have the mark. He needs to get the mark. They tell on you. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but there shall not a hair of your head perish. And your patience possess you your souls. <clears throat> now, he has already told them some of their bodies would die. They won't hair of your head perish. You're not going to lose anything of who you are. You know, you will go, I mean, uh, to be honest, it's probably better to die early in that tribulation than to uh, have to endure it. But the order of verses, because I had seen people make the case in Matthew 24, well, this, what appears to be the rapture, doesn't happen until late. Verse 36 is where it starts. Well, how, what do you do with Luke then? Where he puts those verses in a completely different chapter. Luke 17. And then he puts all of it discourse in Luke 20, 21. So I would, um, you know, look up your redemption draweth nigh. He said, I, the, the shape the world's in right now, everything is lining up like he said it would. You know, I've taught in this study for like 10 years <clears throat> that America is showing up in Daniel chapter 8. You hear a lot of teachers say, America's not in the Bible. Well, the word America's not in there. That would have been kind of interesting and puzzling if he had wrote that. But what if he called it a Western power that could cross the face of the whole earth without touching the ground? Now we start to see, right? And that's what he puts in Daniel 8. This Western power is called a goat. And in this day and age, that's a that's a byword. People are using goat meaning, you know. What do you call it? Greatest of all time. Yeah. Greatest of all time. Okay, I didn't know that's what this did for. Alright, so we're called a goat, and I think we're America. That's America in Daniel eight. And some people's study notes in their Bible say, Well, this is Alexander the Great. You know, it was as it were he crossed the face of the whole earth without touching the ground. It just had to do with how fast he moved. Still touching the ground, though. Let's not do damage to the Word of God. Let's back up and take another look at it because there is a power. But that power, after it tears down Iraq, the, the Medes, it moves on to the Persians, Iran. The Congress has just made approval, from what I read this evening, to go to war against Iran. A lot of folks didn't believe we would do that. And it won't be a ground war. They're basically just going to strike the infrastructure so that they can't launch a nuke. Because God doesn't want them doing what they full well intend to do to Israel. And so, well, Joe Biden, he's not going to go against Iran. Well, we've been giving them all kind of billions of dollars. Yeah, they're making weapons with it and sending them to their proxies to shoot at Israel. And we give Israel money. 
that meme I saw a while back was rockets at night. These rockets coming into uh, Israel. And then all these rockets coming up from the ground on Israel to intercept them one by one and knock them down. And on the left frame it said, my tax dollars. And on the right frame of Israel's side it said, also somehow, my tax dollars. <laughs> if you don't think the warmongers know how to make money, mm -hmm. you ain't been paying attention. That's right. And um, so anyway, um, after that Western power takes down the Persians, says he waxes great for a bit, and then he comes into four parts. Now, yes, Alexander the Great, his conquered kingdom, he broke it into four parts, his four generals. That was a shadow picture, though, because it's not the fulfillment for two reasons. One, he didn't cross the face of the whole earth without touching the ground, as Daniel 8 says. Two, Daniel 8 says at least twice, this is a prophecy for the end of days. Not 336 B.C., you know, Antiochus Epiphanes fulfilled what the Antichrist is going to do in the middle of the tribulation. He fulfilled that in type, in shadow picture. See who's in there and if I could get a glass of water. Do what? You got one here? That, that's got soda in it. Just ask if it's Christian or Forrest. I'm dry as a gourd. <clears throat> um, it said that prophecy is for the end of days. And then this goat... After having done what it did, it says the horn is broken off. You know what? A trump is a horn. And you know what the rabbis say is co um, coincidence is not a kosher word. So um, the goat comes in the four parts. Look what's going on right now. The Texas Coalition had... 25 other states, they've added two or three more now, plus the Arizona legislature has said, if we can help, we'll help. I can tell you, if they stop the election this year, which I think many believe that that's their only chance at holding on to power, if they do, what I believe you're going to see is uh, an alliance um, a bonding. Thanks, Mark. Mm -hmm. Who was in the kitchen? There's nobody in there. I heard somebody in a running water second here. Maybe it was the. Uh... Anybody need coffee or anything? No, we're good. Okay. What if we were to see these aligned states? I've been calling it the Texas Coalition. I think it sounds good. Decide that they're not going to listen to Chairman Biden anymore. We call him chairman because he didn't win the election. But that they were going to listen to Donald Trump, who did win the election. And not a hard break, not a hard seceding from the union, at least not at first. But in effect, it would be. And it says in Daniel 8 that these uh, other four parts would not have the power that the goat had when he was complete. So it's worth considering. We've got the destruction of Mas uh, Damascus, Isaiah 17. 
Also on the timeline here, it says it's gonna be taken away from being a city. It's gonna happen overnight. That's the longest inhabited city in the world, they say. Uh, well, the way things are kindled up over there right now, it's really easy to see that that could happen. What city? Uh, Damascus, Syria. And Isaiah 17 says it will be destroyed overnight. It said, at evening time, there is trouble. By morning, she is no more. And we can imagine a weapon that could do that. Indeed. I know. I hope that the Lord takes us before then, before that stuff unleashes. It he may not. You know, as you read uh, Luke 17 there, it sounds like things are cooking up a little bit, getting a little bit rough when that rapture time comes. But, um, all right, let's, uh, you're ready to close. You want anybody to add anything? No? All right, we'll join hands. Gordon, you want, you want to pray first tonight? Sure. Dear God, we are very thankful for the opportunity to be able to have this prayer study, Bible study, and I want you to bless everybody here and make sure to get a safe trip home. Take care of our friend Sam over here and when he's joining the Marines. Yes. Yes, Lord. <clears throat> Anoint him. And uh, this, our prayer list has been submitted, and we hope everything can work out for everybody. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good job. Thank you. Mm -hmm.